Well, Jesus is risen, and, and because he is risen, that, that we want to make sure that we're getting that message of hope, because the fact that he rose from the dead is why we have incredible hope. And with that, we want to be the church that we're continuing to, to share that with people that they already know, they already believe that. But we also want to be a church that, that we are sharing that hope with those that are not yet convinced of who Christ is. And, and, and because of that, we've, we've continued to be the church, but the church, the church has left the building. That we've been doing things with ministry, getting things out there, getting hope being spread, and it doesn't have to happen inside the confinement of our facility on our campus. And, and as I think about just the things that have been taking place, I'm just so encouraged by what people are doing that I think about Cameron, who's leading our Merge Youth Ministry. And I think about just right away of how they, they realize, hey, we, we need to use this thing called Zoom and we need to get online and we need to connect with kids in a video conference and, and be able to make sure that they are still feeling like that, that they've got people that care about them. And, and that they're just doing an incredible job and, and the amount of teenagers that keep logging on every week. It is amazing how many teenagers we have participating and how even with the small group ministry within our student ministry, how that is something they're doing. And now they're, they're going beyond that and even doing some other things and, and just having fun with teenagers. That I, that I think about uh, how our, our children's ministry, led by Dave and Pastor Dave and what, what they're doing and, and how they are doing such an incredible job of being able to, to share these kids' lessons and start it out right away. Let's just, let's just put some stuff online. And it was like, hey, this might take a while for how long before we start gathering again. So, so no, let's, let's get together with kids and let's, let's do some things together. Let's, let's worship together through song. Let's, let's do some fun things, whether it was this improv stuff that they were doing and connecting with them, whether it's using these puppets and what they're doing with the puppets and the things that they're doing, but, but getting small group people to be able to give some shout outs, connecting in small groups, with kids and all of this through this video conferencing so that there is these connections because we just need to feel connected at times like these. I think about what we've been doing with our drive-through prayer, something that, that we've been doing on a monthly basis. And, and we've decided to ramp that up in April. And so we're, we're doing it multiple weeks in April. This coming Wednesday will be the third time we will do this in April. Just, just allowing people to be able to come drive through. We, we, we've done some social distancing and put a table between us and the cars that are driving up and, and making sure that, that we're being safe. But, but we just want to be able to pray with people to let them know that, that, that we are still here for you as a church. And, and God, so much more important to know that God is still here for you. That, that this weekend, that, that we're doing something we've never done before. That, that we're taking our growth track classes and, 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 and those are going into video conferencing. And so we've got people that, that are just gonna be joining and learning and participating in that way. It, it's just amazing what all is taking place to make sure that, that we are just sharing the hope with, that, with people, the hope of a risen savior from our men's ministry and what they're doing and connecting men and, and a study together, from, from the way that, that our women and they're just staying connected and, and, and putting out the, these videos and connecting with them and, and using their Facebook page for that, that, that it's, it's so great that there are so many things taking place to make sure that we're doing all that we can do in this time to feel and stay connected. 
we started this, this series last week with this idea of nothing matters more. That, that when it comes to the resurrection, nothing matters more than the resurrection of Jesus. That there's just absolutely nothing. And then that if Jesus would not have risen from the dead, that our, our faith, it, it would be worthless. And as we, we looked, we could see that, that the disciples, the disciples didn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus until they saw evidence of the resurrection of Jesus. And risen, risen is the foundation of our faith in Christ. And nothing matters more than the resurrection of Jesus. Today we're going to talk about the invitation. So we're going to talk about the, the invitation and, and what that is and what that means. But before we go any further, what, what I want you to know is, is that we're going to be participating in the Lord's Supper together, communion, the Last Supper. We're going to be doing this together, even though we're not all gathering on campus and being here and being present and we're handing out things here. And so because of that, I just want to make sure that, that you're going to be prepared. We, we've done some things to try to get word out and make sure that you know. But, but if you're just now hearing this or you're just now being reminded, going, oh yeah, then, then, then you just need to stop, take a moment. You, you can head over to your kitchen, go grab something from your fridge that you're gonna use as that liquid to represent the, 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 the blood of Jesus. Traditionally, this would be red juice, red wine, but, but you can drink whatever. You can grab milk, you can grab lemonade, tea, what, whatever you've got available. Just make sure you have something for everybody. And, and then you're gonna need something for representing the bread. Where, where traditionally this would be unleavened bread or a cracker. But if you don't have those, then regular bread is fine or, or some chips or a tortilla, whatever you want to grab. Because the most important part is that we would just be celebrating together what these represent and what these mean. And we're going to certainly get to that in a bit. So as we think about the invitation, know this, that Jesus came to invite people to join him in heaven. Jesus came to invite people, to invite you, to invite me, to come to heaven. That is an invitation that he is giving to us. And that Jesus, he, he did everything necessary to, to inform us of what he was doing, to inform us that there is a hope, to inform us that there is a heavenly father that wants to have a relationship with us. And he invited and he invited and he invited. And then his sacrifice is what made the way for you and I to get to heaven. You know, one of the biggest things that Jesus did while he was here on earth is with this invitation, is that, that he, he changed some things. And then what he changed is he changed who would be invited to heaven. Because up until this point, what was understood is that the only people that were being invited to heaven were Jews. It, it was a bloodline thing. And that the Jews were being invited, the only exception that we could even find would be that, that people who were part of that Jewish household that weren't actually Jews, but they were connected to that household. And because they were connected to that household, if they would have faith in the God of the, of the Jews, Yahweh God, then, then they could get to heaven. And Jesus, 
He came and, and he set a new invitation out there. And he said, hey, I, I want to open this up and I want you to see who all is invited. And we're going to explore just how Jesus broke that news and started sharing this hope that would be extended to all people everywhere. And so we're going to look in two different passages today. Most of our time is going to be spent in Luke chapter 14. And so we're going to start in verse 1. One Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader of the Pharisees, and the people were watching him closely. So, so one Sabbath day, that, that's important to know, he's invited by a leader of the Pharisees to, to come to a table. And he's invited to come to this table, and they, they were what? They were watching him closely. See, that table that he was invited to, it was a trap. The, the table was a trap. And, and Jesus knew this. He, he knew what they were up to and, and what they were doing. But it wouldn't stop him from taking advantage of any and every opportunity to, to be able to share the message that God sent him to share. That Jesus, as he, as he was picking up on, on what they were up to, what they were doing, that we get to see this. Verse 2, there was a man there whose arms and legs were swollen. Now, Jesus had a reputation by now. And the reputation that he had is that, that he is a miracle worker. That he is a guy that, that all he has to do is, is touch people or, or say a word and, and people are healed. But keep in mind, this is the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is the day of rest. And on this day of rest, no work is permitted. In fact, the table that he was invited to, this banquet that they invited him to come to, had to all be cooked and prepared the day before because you couldn't do all of that work on the day of the Sabbath. Verse three, Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in religious law, is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? Just knowing what they're thinking and, and knowing that the table was a trap, he, he goes here and he, and he asks them, hey, is, is it permitted as healing? Is it, is it permitted or is it not? When they refused to answer, so they, they, they wouldn't answer. And, and why wouldn't they answer? Because there were people there and, and the people that were watching and seeing what, what was happening, that the tension was thick, that, that, that if they were to say, oh, no, no, it's not permitted, then they would look very calloused. They would look like they, they didn't care. But, but if they took the answer and said, oh, you know, oh, healing, healing's okay. You, you, yeah, you can heal as long as you don't work too hard. Then it'd be like, oh, you don't care about the law. You don't practice what you preach. And so, and so they, they felt the same kind of trapping that they often put on Jesus. Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and sent him away. They hadn't answered the question, is it, is it lawful? Can, can, I, can I heal? But he does. And then he sends the man away. 
Then he turned to them and he said, which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your son or your cow falls into a pit, don't you rush to get him out? Isn't there this sense of, I've got to do something because this is your own child or your own cow? Again, they could not answer. And so as Luke's writing what has taken place from interviewing people and finding out what all the life and times of Jesus that somebody had remembered that, that what happened next was that, that Jesus took this opportunity and he just started talking about what it means to invite people to a banquet. And that, that when it comes to being a banquet host and inviting people to come, Jesus said, hey, don't just, don't just invite the people that, that are your friends, that, that are your family, that, that are well-to-do people. Don't, don't just invite them. Because inviting them means that in turn, you're going to get invited and and that's going to be your reward is that you got invited to come to their banquet. But instead, you you, you need to invite others, the poor, the lame, the the blind, the crippled. You you need to be inviting other people. And and if you will invite other people, Jesus said, "At, at, at the resurrection of the righteous, then you will be rewarded by your heavenly father. If what you will do with your invitation is inviting people that aren't going to reward you, your heavenly father will reward you. Verse 11, Jesus finished that whole idea with this. He said, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. That, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a reverse of, of whatever you do. If, if you try to exalt, you're, you're, you're going to end up being humbled. And, and if you humble yourself, then you're going to end up being exalted. And I, I've been on both sides of that. And it is much better to humble yourself and, and let others exalt you than for you to be exalting yourself and to find yourself humbled. I think one of the things that Jesus was driving at here is that service is more important than status. And Jesus didn't ever just say those words, but he lived those words. And and, and he lived it out. And that that he served, he he wasn't concerned with, with, with having the status of a king and having this status that, that, that people would just kind of exalt him and, and bow to him while he was here on earth. He was more interested in serving people than maintaining the privileges of status. Jesus lived this out. And, and I think that, that until we get to see him in all of his splendor in heaven, it's too difficult for us to comprehend just how much he humbled himself. Only a servant king, not a selfish king, but only a servant king would humble himself for the people who exist to serve him. And this is what Jesus did. You know, Jesus often taught more than than one thing at a gathering. That time was too precious and time was too short, the kind of time that he would have on earth. 
And so he would take advantage of any opportunity he could to, to teach as many things as possible. And so let's get back to, to more of what he wants to teach. Verse 12 says, then he turned to his host. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, and, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. So don't do that. You know, in fact, one of the things that, that he was talking about earlier that I, I don't think I mentioned well was that he actually talked about taking a seat of honor. And, and as he was talking about this, this seat of honor, he says, don't, don't when you get invited, don't, don't come and, and take that seat of honor sitting in a, in a place where, hey, look at me and who I'm sitting next to. That, that he actually said, no, no take, a, take a lower seat. Just, just sit at the, the foot at the table. He says, and then if your host thinks that, no, you should have a better seat, they will come and move you to that seat of honor. He says, but you don't want to be the person sitting in a seat of honor when somebody has to come and tell you, I'm sorry, that, that seat is for somebody else. And then they move you to whatever seats are left. So now here he is, he's, he's talking to this Pharisee who invited him. Verse 13, instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. I think after Jesus said this, there was probably this, this awkward silence. There's this sense of that he was just kind of correcting this Pharisee, but not just him, but everybody else in the room, so many of them, that would do the same thing that this Pharisee was doing. And so there was just this awkward silence. What do we do from here? Where do we go from here? Verse 15, hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And it's part of this thing for me that makes me think that there must have been this awkward silence because somebody is looking for something to say to kind of keep the party going, right? And so there he is. He's just exclaimed this, what a blessing it'll be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. So this is a parable. This is a, a made-up story that, again, now Jesus wants to be teaching something. And, and he goes on and he lays this out, that there will be many invitations that are sent out. You know, in, in, in the culture, when Jesus was writing this, the time period that he was writing this, that what they would do is they would send out two invitations, there would be that, that first invitation that, that's really just kind of getting everybody to know, hey, check your calendar, make sure you mark this. It, it's really like what we would do in, in our day. It'd be one of these. It would be a, a save the date. And so they would send this out and it would be this, this save the date, just like what we've been doing, inviting you to participate with us in the Lord's Supper. And, and, and then after that, then there would come more of a formal invitation. And that, that formal invitation of, of inviting you, spelling it out, you are invited. We would love to have you be our guests. So they would do this. It's, it's a save the date. 
Make sure that you've marked this, protect this, block it off. Make sure that you don't forget. Set, set the alerts, set the reminders. And then it would be the, the invitation. Many times with that, it would be more of an RSVP. Let, let us know that, that you're going to be there so that we can count on you and make sure that we're going to be prepared for you. Verse 17 says, when the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. It's, it's, it's finally ready. And, and everybody there, they're at this banquet already. They're just kind of imagining how all of this plays out. And so the, the servant goes and, and, and shares this. And, and because the save the date had already been sent out, this first invitation, you, you would just be thinking lots of people are going to be coming. And then why wouldn't they? It was free food, it was free wine, it was free entertainment, it was a chance to feel important because you were invited. And so there they are, and, and just for being present and, and celebrating life, you get all of these things just given to you. Verse 18, but they all began making excuses. One said, I just bought a field and it, I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pair of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Now, that one might actually be legit. <laughs> it might be, hey, I'm not getting a kitchen pass. I, I can't come. But nonetheless, Jesus is laying this out. Saying, listen, the, the people that they're not going to come because they, they're starting to make excuses. You, you ever been invited to something? And you're like going, I'm just not really sure if I want to go. You know, it's, it's that thing. Sometimes it might be something important. It might be somebody's quinceanera. It might, might be a wedding. It might be a big anniversary party. It might be an office party. What, whatever it is, and, and you're, you're invited. Somebody's birthday party. And, and you're like going, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I'm not against it. I'll put it on my calendar. But if something else comes up that might be more exciting, I, I might go to that. It might even be, I don't really want to go. Hopefully something else is going to come up and you start preparing yourself because you know that somebody's going to ask you, are you going? And you're just trying to figure out what can I say? What can I say? What can come up? And, and, and you long for a good excuse to come up so that you can, you can say, oh, oh, that, that, oh yes, I, I have a legit reason of why I can't go. Whew. And so Jesus is he's laying this out. They, they all are understanding this. Verse 21, the servant returned and told his master what they had said. And his master was furious. Furious that, that nobody would come. Furious that, that everybody was making excuses. And that, that he had gone to all of the effort and energy and expense to be able to celebrate life with people and just invite them to come. And what happens next in this parable? It's unprecedented. That, that, that nobody, nobody could see this come. Nobody could see the storyline going the way that Jesus laid out this story. He's furious and sad. 
Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Invite those that that normally don't get invited to, to a banquet like this. The, the desire to celebrate, the desire to be with people, the desire to share what, what the, the wealthy guy has with others. The desire is so great that he just begins to open it up and say, hey, invite these people so that I can share what I have with them. New relationships would be established. That, that, that now the banquet, it, it wouldn't be limited to a paparazzi-worthy crowd. It would be opened up to include those that normally don't get invited, that the floodgates had opened. And now people that had never had the opportunity to be a guest of honor were be invited to be a guest of honor. After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. The master, I've invited the poor and the lame and the blind, I've invited them and there is still room for more. That there's still room for more what? At the table. That at this table that, that God had invited us to. And then when you think about this table that, that God has invited us to, you, you need to understand just what God has invited us to. It, it, it wasn't just a table just for a meal. It's something that that, that would forever change who we are as people when we understand the story of what Jesus is laying out for us. That God had invited us to take a seat of honor. God had invited us to take a seat of honor. We're not worthy of that honor but we've been invited to God's table. That God has invited us to approach him. He's invited us to to approach him and and to come near to him. That that God has invited us to be included in his family. That that when you get invited to God's table, you're, you're being invited to God's family. And he's saying, come, come to the table. That God has invited us to love and be loved by him. That he's done that. God has invited us to eternal life in heaven. God has invited us to the table, to come to the table. But it is an invitation, not a forcation. And I, I know it's not a word, 
But, but understand that, that nobody's going to be forced into heaven. That, that we are all invited to come to heaven. But nobody is going to be forced into heaven. And that there is a difference between destiny and destination. That the, the destiny is that, that God creates every person with a soul. And, and I believe that that destiny for every soul is to be with him in heaven for all of eternity. That's our destiny. But just because it's our destiny doesn't mean that every single person's destination will be heaven. Because it's going to take believing in Jesus, the Son of God, who has risen from the dead. That belief is the acceptance of the invitation. It doesn't matter what mistakes that you've made in your past, who you've cheated, who you've stolen from, doesn't matter how old or young you are. Doesn't matter whatever failures that you've had. You're invited to come to God's table. Verse 23. So his master said, well, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone that you find to come so that the house will be full. It's not enough just to invite the, the poor, the blind, the lame, the weak, but, but now just go looking and searching high and low. Anybody that you can find, anybody that you can share this invitation to, just invite them to come so that my house will be full. And, and, and make no mistake that this parable, this parable, Jesus made, Jesus made up the story so, so that we could understand that, that God is inviting all of us. But we have to respond to the invitation. We have to be willing to come. For those that were first invited, Jesus told them, they're not even gonna get a, have the tiniest taste in this banquet because they didn't accept the invitation. That Jesus, he gave his life. That, that Jesus, he lived his life. Jesus, he sacrificed his life. Jesus, he leveraged his life so that we could be invited to spend eternity with God. God's eternal banquet is heaven. And he did that for us. No matter who you are, no, no matter what you've done, what Jesus offers to you is to come to the table. That you would come to the table. That this table that, that, that we get invited to, it, it's, a, it's a banquet table. It's a table that, that we get invited to because God loves us. He sent his son 
for us. And he says, come. Come to the table. And, and this table that we get invited to, we couldn't get invited to this table without Jesus having done all of the work. He, he was God's servant being sent for us. And he's the servant of God that, that, that's coming as the son of God. And he's inviting us and inviting everybody. And, and the one thing he has to do to, to put an official seal on this invitation is he has to give his life. He has to he has to spill his blood. He has to allow his body to be broken. And on the night before he gives his life, he's in an upper room and, and they're, they're celebrating with this Passover meal, this once a year meal that has so much significance to it. And in that upper room, as, it, as they have this meal in front of them, Jesus shares one of the most memorable, one of the most remembered things that he ever did. When he had invited his disciples to come to the table. So in Luke chapter 22, We'll pick this up in verse 14. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles, they sat down together at the table. And Jesus said, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. He says, for I tell you now, that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of heaven. That, that, that this is it, this is my life, until everything that this is about, until it has all been fulfilled. It's why we remember this and we, it's a special time for us. Then he took a cup of wine and he, gave thanks to God for it. And then he said, take this and share it among yourselves for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. And so we're going to participate together. And we're going to participate together in remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross. That we're going to remember that Jesus, that he bled for us. We're going to remember that, that Jesus, as he was taken that night, that eventually they, they beat him. They beat him to the point of near death. 
39 lashes, 40 minus one, because that 40th beating could be the death blow. They, they'd rip flesh from him with this beating. It wasn't just a, a whip, but it was a cat of nine tails that had pieces of rock, sharp rock, and, and broken pieces of, of metal and shards, and they'd be tied into the end, and they would, they would whip that and, 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 and hit Jesus with it, and it would wrap around his body, and they would yank it and pull it back, and, and, and blood and, and flesh would just be coming out of him. We're going to remember that, that they put a crown of thorns, and they, they mashed it into his skull, mocking him for saying that he was a king. We're going to remember that yes, he, he bled for us. We're going to remember that his body was broken for us. Verse 19. He took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Jesus willingly endured all of this to invite you to come to the table. Take your place beside the Savior. 
Liars and these thieves, there's no one welcome here. So that sin and shame that you brought with you, you can leave it at the door and let mercy draw you near. Oh. today that we feel welcome at your table thank you for the invitation thank you for loving us all of all kinds of all backgrounds that you welcome us all we're so grateful in jesus name amen